there's a chance of storms this afternoon. There's not, in regard to our lives, there's not just a chance of storms. There's an immediate threat of storms that you and I never know what a day is going to bring forth. And so that's the reason that we look at what we do in the book of Job. If you're not already there, and by the way, welcome uh, into our service, whether you're on site at one of our campuses or whether you're uh, watching and viewing the service online we welcome you today. If you're not already there, turn to the book of Job. We want to look at some insights. I'm Ken. I'm one of your pastors here at FCC. And we want to look at uh, this conclusion of peace in the storms of life because we've examined the life of Joseph. We've examined Gideon, uh, Jesus as he calms the uh, storm on the Sea of Galilee. We looked at last weekend, uh, Paul and Silas as they're in prison. We want to be able to look at this. And I've given the subtitle of the message today is this, when God doesn't make sense, you and I face without any doubt sometimes circumstances in our lives that don't seem to make a lick of sense in regard to how we view and understand life. And I want to come back to that in just a few minutes. Now, I learned something back a few years ago in regard to the uh, story of Job that if you were going through the book, you're, you remember it's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, all the way down. You, you would find right before the book of Psalms is the book of Job. And uh, we think about that, that sometimes, but that really doesn't play itself out with the chronology of the stories of the Bible. If you read a chronological Bible, you would realize it's the book of Genesis where God creates, and then there's the story of Job. I don't know where I missed that back years ago, but it's one of the, or besides the book of Genesis, it's one of the earliest writings that we see. If you were to go over to chapter 41 and you were to look at those opening verses, it talks about a... Uh, a dinosaur, uh, Leviathan. Uh, I think about um, uh, just as we view life and as I think and experience life with grandchildren, our uh, grandkids came over for sleepovers and uh, Beth and I have a six-year-old granddaughter, uh, Ellie. She's always coming up with crazy things. In fact, when we asked her what she wanted for her treat, she said, and I didn't mind taking her, she said, uh, I I'd like to go to Krispy Kreme for my treat. And so we took her to Krispy Kreme, and she had shown me this before, back a few months ago, but she showed me this, this uh, travel mug that she wanted, and uh, she, she looked at me the other day, and she said, uh, Paul, Paul, you remember, that's the travel mug that I want for Christmas. It's got all these little pink donuts on it and different things, and, and I said, yes, and uh, I said, yes, I do remember you wanted that for Christmas, and she said, well, you probably need to take a picture so you'll remember I was like, thanks for the encouraging words. She, uh, back earlier in the summer, I got, I got so amused because she was driving down the road with our uh, daughter, uh, Rebecca. And uh, Ellie said, uh, Mom, I've got a question for you. And uh, Rebecca said to her, what is it? She said, uh, were dinosaurs around when Papa was a little boy? <laughs> and, uh, you know, so... We look at this story that it's a very ancient story, but it's a very pertinent story for you and I to understand from a scriptural point of view. And so I want you to tune into this. Um, I gave you the subtitle, and some of you would almost think it's heretical when you think about when God doesn't make sense. In fact, it's a book that was written nearly 25 years ago by James Dobson. And uh, really, it boils down to this. 
By the way, I just want to say, so you don't think I'm a heretic. God always does make sense. Life seems uncertain. Life doesn't seem to make sense for us. But the complexity of it is this, just as it talks about it in Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, where his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Our sense is not enough sense to make sense of God's sense. You, you and I can't fathom all that God's up to in regard to our lives. And so I want us to unpack some things and to be able to look at this. Because those of you that are viewing, whether you're at Salem or North Campus or our Southwest Campus, you realize this all too well. In fact, I was thinking about people across the board in the FCC. I was thinking about Kirk White and all that he's been through at our Salem Campus. I, I was thinking about Rob Kyle and, and just all he's been through in the hospital with seizures and and his health, and praying for he and Michelle. I think about Eileen Moore, who lost her husband Kelly back a number of months ago, and then she's been experiencing her own challenges and health issues in regard to her heart. And just on and on the list goes. And you know someone that's dealing with those struggles, dealing with those difficulties as you think about it. So I want us to look at three insights. If you're taking some notes or you're using the notes that are provided through that uh, texting service where you text 55444 and the word begin, I want to go through several aspects of what we would see in this in regard to the story of Job. The first insight that we'll examine from the story of Job is this. Our storms can be a spiritual test. Our storms can be a spiritual test. Some storms that you and I experience, and, and you've experienced this in life, I think back over the decades of my life, and I realize that some storms, some difficulties, some trials I experience are from the dumb decisions that I make. Any of you fall into that category you've experienced? All right, a whole bunch of hands. You and I sometimes experience those. Some storms come from other people, like when we studied at the outset of this series, Joseph and all that he went through of his brother selling him into slavery. Some storms come from our own insecurities and our lack of faith, like the story of Gideon. Some storms come from nature, whether it would be Jesus calming a storm on the Sea of Galilee or what we experienced in recent days of Hurricane Ian. All of these different things we see, and in this story, we see that there was this spiritual test that we observe in the book of Job, Job chapter 1, verse 8, it says, And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job that there is none like him on earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away evil? So God gave permission for Satan to go and test Job. Reminds me of 1 Peter 5, 8, where it says, Be sober-minded and be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Even Jesus himself was tempted. Remember after he was baptized by John the Baptist in the river Jordan, and as he came up, the father says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then immediately after those, uh, that passage, that story of him being baptized, he's led of the spirit out into the wilderness so that he would be tempted. Now, I don't want you to think for a minute that all storms are directly from Satan. Some are just storms and difficulties that we experience as a part of being a part of the human race. But some storms can be a spiritual test, and you and I need to be able to acknowledge that. Second insight that, was, that we see is that 
Our storms impact our basic securities. Our storms impact our basic securities. You do have basic securities and needs that uh, need to be met. But your primary security is this, is to be in the Lord. Just a few weeks ago, we looked at Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, where it says this, trust in the Lord with, and what does it say? All your heart. And don't rely on your own insight. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll make straight your paths. I want to read for us the nature of the basic securities that were challenged as Satan had the opportunity to test Job. Follow along in Job 1 verses 13 through 19 as I read them. And remember that these, this is a series of things that come back to back to back. So beginning in verse 13 of chapter 1. Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in the oldest brother's house. And there came a messenger to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were feeding beside them. And the Sabaeans fell upon them and took them and struck them down with the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. And while he was yet speaking, there came another and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, there came another and said, The Chaldeans formed three groups and made a raid on the camels and took them and struck down the seven servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. And while he was yet speaking, there came another and said, Your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in the oldest brother's house. And behold, a great wind came across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house. And it fell upon the young people and they are dead. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Now, most of us can handle the struggles, the trials, the difficulties of life if they come and there's a number of months or years that happen in between them. But what do you do in your life when there's these back-to-back-to-back situations that you face all these struggles and difficulties and trials in life? What was the nature of the trials that we see here in Job? I I want us to look at three of these trials. First of all, there was the the loss of financial security. As I read the passage of Scripture, you notice that some of his livestock was stolen. Some of it was, there was a fire that fell from heaven and consumed them. And he could look to the Sabaeans. He could look to the Chaldeans. He could think about, what are the odds of all of my livestock? 7,000 sheep being consumed by a fire, by lightning that fell from heaven. I, I looked it up out of curiosity. You know what the odds are of you being struck by lightning? One in a million. And here he has lost all of his sheep. Must have been one big lightning bolt. And here he is losing his finance. Because in an agrarian society, your livestock was your security that you possessed. And he's lost all of that. So maybe you've lost some vocational security maybe you're wondering can i make it in retirement you're you're going through all these perplexities in regard to what it is that you're experiencing so maybe one of the trials that you're experiencing is loss of financial security second is this loss through death loss through death for job it was all 10 of his children his seven sons and his three daughters As I officiate for 
celebration of life services as I'm a part of graveside services. I, I see regularly the tears that stream down people's face when they've lost a loved one. And can you imagine the grief that Job and his wife were experiencing as, as they stood there at the graves of each of their ten children? And all the memories that they had of their kids growing up in the preschool and the childhood years. And in just an instant. And some of you are seated in this service and you've lost a brother or a sister. Or you've lost a mom or a dad. Or you've, you've lost a good friend. And you're wondering, how am I going to make it through these circumstances? And the trial that you're experiencing right now is the grief in regard to your life. Now, how does Job respond? He has this uncanny ability to have this perspective that he views and, and realizes life from a God point of view. Job 121, he says this, and he says, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I mean, God's given us dreams. You have dreams about what your life is going to be like, the home that you're going to live in, how your kids are going to turn out, all the different things. But one of the things that I realize is that Job had this ability to yield his expectations to God. That's what he's saying. The Lord gives, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So he had yielded expectations to God, even Jesus himself yielded his expectations to God. Do you remember what he said as he was there in the Garden of Gethsemane? That he agonized about going to Calvary's cross, and yet he says, Not my will, but thine be done. Maybe in the in this service today, maybe the goal and the direction that God wants to lead in regard to your life is this is I need to yield the expectations about my vocational financial security. I need to yield the expectations about in, in regard to my grief. And maybe you're focused on all the wrong things. You're thinking and anticipating all the grieving that you'll do rather than the gratitude that you should possess for how long that you had that mom or dad or that good friend or that child. I remember even when Beth, uh, not long after we had had our first two children, Rebecca and Christopher, and, and I would hear stories about somebody else that had lost a child. And I remember consciously, willfully deciding, God, I don't know how long you're going to bless us with these children, but these are not our children. These are your children. And so... Job has this ability to be able to yield those expectations of God. But he goes through these first things. He loses his livestock. He loses his children. And then there's this third sense of loss, and that is the loss of his health. You, you do know what it's like. I, I was thinking about people, again, across our campuses. I was thinking of Allie at our uh, North Campus and just how Allie's been going through continual migraine headaches and up, ups and downs in regard to her health and I'm thinking about others in our church family, about Danielle that has been dealing with esophageal cancer and in her 30s and little daughter Lucy that's in, in kindergarten. And I'm thinking all of these things, and, and you face health crisis. There are those of you that are having surgery in the upcoming weeks. 
Those, there are those of you that have loved ones that have this. And, and we see it in Job chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. It says, so Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with loathsome sores from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And he took a, a piece of broken pottery with which to scrape himself while he sat in the ashes. A broken piece of pottery just to give a little relief from all of his agony. Scholars would tell us that Job was experiencing, it's like a, a, a combination of leprosy and elephantiasis. And as he's going through and experiencing all this, he's wondering, how am I going to deal with the circumstances that I face? I've got somebody that I'd like to introduce to you. His name is uh, Greg Taylor. He's going to come up on stage with me here. And uh, would you give a big... Uh, welcome to Greg Taylor as he comes up here for just a moment. And um, I've known Greg for a number of years, and uh, he went through a health crisis. And I wanted you to hear some of his story. And um, Greg, thank you for taking the time to be here at our services today. But Greg, let me just ask you a question. You went in for a pretty ordinary surgery back a few years ago. In fact, let me ask you, what was the surgery and how long ago was it? I went in for hernia surgery uh, back at the end of 2019, December. Right. And I didn't come back out until four and a half months later. Four and a half months later. And uh, what, what happened? In fact, on one level, you're not really even sure what took place in regard to your well, I surgery. Was a, I was in a coma for about 30 days. I, I really don't remember a lot of anything, but they nicked my intestines and I, everything got infected. Okay. And... Um, how long you were in pretty serious shape because um, I, I know I visited with you at Lewisville Hospital, prayed with Jackie there by your bedside. Um, what what did other people? What was Jackie thinking? What were uh, you weren't conscious and aware of it? But how, how serious was it? Well, they told her to call the family in twice, so I I really probably shouldn't be here. Yeah, yeah. and I am. Yeah, and you are. And uh, would you say now, I know you've got a good handshake and all, do you feel pretty much back to normal? Pretty much. I mean, it's, it's uh, my stamina's not where it should be, but, you know, if that's all I've, I've got to compete with, that's fine. Yeah. I'm good. Okay, good. Let, let me ask you this. Um, as people are listening in online at our campuses, um, what did you learn? What were some of the lessons? Just give me off the top of your head, what, as you look back at the experience, what would you say you learned more than anything else? The people that I dealt with in there, and, and I, I mean this when I say this, I, I wouldn't change what happened to me for anything because the people that I met in all these facilities I was at, they were the nicest people I've ever met. And CNAs do not make enough money, by the way. They do everything. All right, so if your CNA is giving you a good plug there for a raise, <laughs> all right. Um, how has it impacted your health crisis from a number of years ago? How has it impacted how you live each day? Grateful. It's changed the way I've looked at things as far as these, these little things in life just don't, they don't bother me like they used to. I mean, it, it's a lot bigger picture now than what it was then. It, I, just, I just don't get upset yeah. much. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Fair enough. 
Yeah, um, I, I remember thinking as I stood there on a number of occasions um, beside Greg's bed there in ICU at Lewisco Hospital, I'm thinking, I was planning out the whole time. I was thinking, should I talk and dialogue with Jackie about what scriptures they want and, and what they'd like for a celebration of life service for Greg? So I want you to know as a church family, you're seeing like a modern-day Lazarus, and it's amazing to see and be able to hear the experience you went through and how God worked in your life. And I'm glad that he restored you to health. So thank you for taking the time to share your story with us today. And I think on one level, there are those of you that um, you can relate. Maybe not to the same extent of Greg's story, but you can relate that there's been something that's happened. Some doctor sitting across the table from you has looked at you and said, you've got cancer, you've got diabetes, you know, whatever the circumstances that you face. You've got some of you are seated in this service today or you're watching at one of our campuses or you're there at home and you're viewing the service online and you're in chronic pain right now. And life doesn't seem to make sense for you. Sometimes I was with some of our staff and we were asking the question because we were in the series. It was prayer time on Wednesday morning. Somebody was saying, hey, can you name the most significant time that you sort of had a storm in your life? And I, I, I piped up and I, I said, can I share like, it, like a whole year like that you feel like you've had back-to-back -back crisis for us? It was 2021 because... We went through, at the end of 2020, we sold our house in Hollands and, and, and moved into a camper, and that was challenging in and of itself, and that wasn't a big deal. But then as we journeyed through 2021, at the early part of the year, we had one of our kids went through some challenges in regard to relationally. And then, um, then we got later in the year, and, and Beth's stepdad, and Beth was the primary caretaker, um, Ricky passed away in August of that year. And four months later, her mom passed away, and she was a primary caretaker for her mom. And we journeyed through all that, and then we sold the house that had been a part of our family uh, at the end of that year, getting it ready on end of uh, 2022. And, and I'm like, the whole year, it was like this back-to-back-to-back circumstances of situations that were less than ideal. Oh, and in the middle of uh, all that, I was diagnosed in the same month that Beth lost her mom, I was diagnosed with prostate cancer. And my PSA, for those of you that don't know, I won't go into all the details, but prostate cancer, you have this monitor, sort of this number that you go by, and zero to four is considered normal, and mine had jumped up to 7.9. And I did want to give you an update Got some good news, went to the doctor back a couple months ago, and it's gone from 7.9 to 1.4, and that's good news. And uh, we've appreciated, I just want to say on behalf of all of our uh, pastors, uh, Pastor Josh, Pastor David, Pastor Ethan, Pastor Alan, we've appreciated all your acts of kindness. But let me tell you the greatest gift that you can give to us. Is not simply a card or a gift card, but your prayers. Because we feel and sense those prayers, and it makes an impact and a difference in our lives. And so 
I, I, I look at this passage of story, and all of us can relate to what we see in the life of Job's, in the life of Job. Our storms can be a spiritual test. Our storms can impact our basic securities in life. But what Greg was saying, this it's a great lead into our third point, and it is this. Our storms can help us develop perspective. Our storms can help us develop perspective. Uh, if you look through the book of Job, if you've got your Bible in hand or you're going through your app, if you'll just look from Job chapter 2, verse 11, all the way through Job chapter 37, Job has these three friends. I do want to give them credit before I diss them a little bit. I give them credit for this, that they at least came and sat with Job. But if you look through the content of all those chapters in the middle part of the book of Job, you realize that they were just incessant talkers, speculating. Job, you must have had some kind of hidden secret sin in your life. Job, you must have done this. Job, you must have done that. All these different things. Have you ever met a person that's an incessant talker that they just can't even come up for air? I remember it, it It hadn't been at this church, but it was at a previous church that there was this person that I knew that was just this incessant talker. And this was back in the days the, when I, because I've been here for 20 some years. And back in the days when you had a phone that had a cord attached to it, some of you remember what those were like. I, I remember, and you didn't have caller ID. So you always took the risk of wondering, is it that particular person? And I remember being at the house, and I'd pick up the phone, and it was so-and-so, and, and I would, I like, you know, my heart just sank. I got things to do and different things. And I will never forget this incessant talker that sometimes, I, and I know, don't think less of me as your pastor, but like if I was hungry and I was talking on the phone to this particular individual, I'd just lay the phone down and go fix the sandwich <laughs> and come back. And they never knew the difference. And Job's friends are sort of like that. They're just incessant talkers, speculating, wondering, all these different things. And they're asking all these questions to God. And finally, by the time we get later on, God begins to question Job. God begins to question his three friends. And Job, as a result, now let, let me just say to make it safe, God can handle any and all of your big questions. So it's, it's okay to rant and rave. It's okay to scream. It's okay to do whatever you want to do. It doesn't show that you're of little faith. But God, through the questions that Job and his friends ask, finally turns the table and he begins to ask them some questions. Hey, like, Job, where were you when I put the stars in the heavens? Job, where were you when I created the animals? And he goes through this systematic understanding of asking Job and his friends all these questions. And finally, Job learns the perspective that God wanted him to have. And he reveals this in Job chapter 40, verse 4. I love this. He says, Behold, I am of small account. What shall I answer you? I lay my hand on my mouth. Like, shame on me. I shouldn't have been asking all these questions. So our storms can help us develop perspective. But by the end of the story of Job, our storms can also do this can foster our knowing 
God and experiencing Jesus. One of the things that happened in Job's journey and his story as it ever unfolded was this. Job had the opportunity to become bitter towards God, but he didn't. He became better. Storms have that uncanny ability to drive you away from God or drive you to you realizing that your greatest need is God. How do we see this? Job 42, verse 5, he said, I had heard of you. In other words, in the past, by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. I remember in all the weeks that were leading to Anthony Munoz, Hall of Famer, that came and was with us a number of weeks ago. I had heard of him. I had heard of his greatness as an offensive lineman, but I had not had the opportunity. But I remember going out on a Saturday night and picking him up from the Roanoke Regional Airport and shaking his hand and getting to know him and having dialogue. I had heard of him with my ear, but now my eyes saw him. My person experienced what it was like to be around him. It's a whole different set of understandings. In fact, Anthony Munoz, with all his celebrity status and being a Hall of Famer, one of the things that I appreciated about him the most was his humility and how down to earth he was and how he pointed people to Jesus, made the gospel clear. And as I look at this story of Job, I realized that what C.I. Schofield, the great theologian and Bible commentator said, he said, knowing about God is one thing, but knowing him is quite another. For some of us that are listening to this message today, we know a lot about God. You could name the Ten Commandments, you could quote scripture, you know the stories, the basic stories of the Bible, but the, the real question is this. Do you know Jesus? Do you know him personally? This story of Job, in one sense, it's my story. I grew up in a religious home that we went to church all the time. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, every time the doors of the church were open. But I was far and distant from God. until somebody shared with me Jesus and I was convicted of my sin and my need for salvation and I'm like I've hit the bottom of the barrel I need to look to Jesus and some of you that could be your experience that you've known about God intellectually but you've never known him personally and relationally today could be the day that you come into saving faith with Jesus and to know him personally. Today is the day where you would say, I need a different perspective about the storms. And I need the peace that surpasses all understanding in regard to those storms in my life. You experience peace because you know the Prince of Peace. And my prayer for you is that you and I will have the opportunity to experience him in fresh ways. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for this day. Jesus, thank you for this series. And thank you for the ability that we have to experience 
peace in the storms of life. I pray for each person that's at our campuses. I pray for those that are viewing the service online that we wouldn't just listen to a religious message and not just to a narrative story, but that we would experience you in the fullness of all that you intend through your son Jesus. And it is in his name that we do pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I pray that the Lord spoke to you today through his word and through Pastor Ken. And as he referenced at the end, if you are in a place right now where you don't know Christ, you don't have that personal relationship with him, I would love to talk with you at the conclusion of this service. I'll be right out these doors. I'd love to connect with you and talk about, one, how to come into a relationship with Jesus, but number two, uh, what your next steps are once you take that step in faith. A couple things as we head out the door. I hope you've enjoyed this sermon series. I know for me personally, I have looked at some of the big uh, names in the Bible, but I want to also reference one last thing that's in your seats this morning. You might have noticed there's a Be My Guest card, and it's there for a specific reason. We're starting a brand new series next week. We're going to walk from Ephesians 5.15 through Ephesians 6.9. If you're not familiar with that passage, we're going to look at spirit-filled relationships. Everything from our vertical relationship with Christ to husbands and wives to parents and kids to employees and employers. And we're going to wrap it up with the church family itself. And so I'm going to be preaching the next four weeks walking us through all of these different relationships that we have in life. And so some of you know right now people that are your friends, maybe your coworkers, maybe they're your family members that need to hear messages that go along with what I just said. And so your challenge this week as a congregation is to take that Be My Guest card that is in your seats and to give it to someone and to invite them back to church next Sunday as we dive into this brand new sermon series called uh, Spirit-Filled Relationships. And so I hope you take me up on that challenge, and I look forward to walking through over the next several weeks this new sermon series. I will say this, I'm going to preach the next four weeks, but if that baby comes, you might see somebody different. Uh, anyway, so a couple other things before you head out the door. Uh, one, in the back, we have T-shirts that are going to be for sale. They're going to be for sale once again today as well as next week. They're $10. You can pay cash or credit card. Either one is perfectly fine. They say go beyond, which is the idea of what we just talked about, going into our communities and making disciples in all, na our, all nations. And then finally, don't forget about our Halloween outreach. You can sign up on your connection card today and drop that in any of our offering boxes at the conclusion of the service. But I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Harry and Terry are over here to connect with you if you need more information about FCC. God bless, guys. Take care.